listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 142 and we're going to recap some of the weekend's hottest action from places like Chicago-style wrestling, freelance wrestling, and freelance underground, where yours truly was in attendance at the Cantini VFW in Joliet. And we're going to hear from freelance underground independent champion Storm Grayson, fresh off his two victories this weekend. Very excited to be able to chat with Storm on the air this week. Plus, we welcome to the show for the very first time He's held multiple championships, including the POW Entertainment and the Southland Championship Wrestling Championship. He is the ace of spades, Scott Spade. And we're going to talk about Russell Rage 20, which takes place on Saturday, November 5th, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned to Windy City Slam. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson and I'm your freelance underground independent champion and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Welcome on back to Windy City Slam Podcast. Big weekend in professional wrestling in the Chicagoland area. But first, we'll hit on NXT and AEW. And in NXT, we had Halloween Havoc this past Saturday night. Action-packed show, great stuff from WWE's NXT brand. All the guys and girls brought it. And Braun Breaker retains the NXT Championship over Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. And then, somehow, someway, Mandy Rose is still your NXT Women's Champion. She's been that for almost a year now. She somehow beats Alba Fire after getting a beatdown at a haunted house. But then, somehow, Toxic Attraction, who was beat down at the haunted house, they were able to get back to the Performance Center. And somehow, Mandy Rose defeats Alba Fire to retain that title. I thought for sure maybe Alba Fire would have been the one to knock off Mandy Rose and end that reign. but. Still hasn't happened. And then in the Weapons Wild match, Roxanne Perez evens the score with Chicago's own Cora Jade, defeating her in that match. Cora Jade vows, though, that this is far from over. And then another highlight from the show, Wesley, formerly known as Desmond Xavier, former Impact at NXT Tag Team Champion, wins the North American Championship in the five-man ladder match Congratulations, Wesley. AEW news. 
In a highlight match last week, John Moxley retained the AEW championship over a hangman, Adam Page, on Dynamite. The ending got a little crazy, though, when Hangman Page took a, a bad bump on his head following getting struck by Moxley. And the referee stopped the match, and AEW did a really good job of taking care of Hangman Page. They recognized right away it was a head injury, and he's now in concussion protocol. Unfortunately, he had to be carried out. Moxley didn't look happy about it, and I'm sure we'll get a, a match in the future where hopefully both guys don't get too injured, like in this situation with a concussion, serious stuff with concussions. And one of my friends, Chris Nowinski, who has been in the news a lot lately due to some of the NFL controversies with concussion protocol and concussion care, I'm sure he's very happy about the way AEW handled this situation especially after what happened about a year or so ago with Matt Hardy when he was wrestling Sammy Guevara, and Hardy really appeared to hit his head really, really good, and that match didn't stop. But this one did. Great job all around to keep Hangman Page safe, and we hope the best for Hangman, and we'll hopefully see him soon. And also a highlight of Dynamite last week, MJF cashed in his poker chip. He's going to challenge John Moxley for the AEW Championship on November 19th at Full Gear. And an aside, he also cut an amazing promo with William Regal in the ring during Dynamite. MJF is the man. He just has it all. Best heel in the business. He, he just has the crowd in the palm of his hand. And he's just so good at what he does. He's fantastic. And he's what professional wrestling slash sports entertainment is all about. Going locally, first off, Last Friday night, October the 21st, we had Chicago-style wrestling, Chicago Horror Story at the American Legion in Franklin Park. My eyes and ears of CSW, the CSW general manager, Steve Arendt, helping me out with some highlights from the show. And here's some of the stuff he provided to me this week. We had the CSW championship match. Joey Jet Avalon was defending the title against Metro Division champion superstar Steve Boz. Went to a no contest when the Black and Brave Army interfered and got involved. And there was not a winner. But after the match, Axel Rico confronts Joey Jet Avalon. He drags Eric Schultz, the attorney, to the ring, forcing him to draw up a two out of three falls match for next month's CSW show. If Axel Rico loses, he will never get another opportunity at the CSW Championship as long as Avalon is champion, and Avalon accepts that stipulation. So once again, Axel Rico gets one more chance, one more match for the CSW Championship, and by God, hopefully this time, he breaks through, and the Axel Rico supporters will riot either way, whether he wins the title as he deserves, or somehow he gets screwed again. Also on the show, career killer Chris Miller picks up one of the biggest victories of his career, defeating WWE alumni Eugene, and he actually made him cry. But Moondog Murray saved Eugene from Miller's post-match attack, and then they left together. And then the CSW Tag Team Championship in a TLC match. And congratulations to the new champions of the Black and Brave Army. Shane Boucher and Jay Marston defeating the Dope Kings, Brew Baker and Esparza, Big Mood, Mateo Valentine and Jack Moody, and Alpha Zeta Zeta in a four-way match. And there's videos from this match all over the internet. 
there's a clip of both Solomon Tupu and Conan Lycan pushing Brubaker off a ladder onto a table on the outside. Man, that looks painful. And also Mateo Valentine doing a twisting neck breaker on one of his opponents during that match as well. Crazy stuff. And the Black and Brave Army gets their first taste of gold in Chicago style wrestling. And in another featured match, Sierra comes out on top in the scramble match. Will this mean a future title match against Heather Reckless for the CSW women's title? We shall see. That should be good. And then next month, the season finale is November 18th, back at the American Legion in Franklin Park. Davy Richards and Ashley Dembois return, and Willie the Bomb Richardson of the Soul Touches gets inducted into the CSW Hall of Fame. Last Friday night, October the 21st, Freelance Wrestling presented Don't Look Under the Ring at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago, and Storm Grayson wins the six-man scramble, defeating Dan the Dad, Laney, GPA, one-man dynasty Darius Luttrell, and sort of incredible Iverson. When Grayson gets the pin on Luttrell, very impressive, and with the victory, Grayson earns an opportunity at a future freelance world championship match. And notice I say opportunity just to get into a match with Robert Ego Anthony because he needs to first beat the hand-picked opponent by Ego to get to that championship match. And that match, I believe, will be at next month's freelance show. And then an open challenge was next. Frank the Clown comes out, and Frank the Clown wanted to wrestle somebody. He wanted to fight somebody. Chico Suave answers the challenge, but... Robert Ego Anthony, the freelance world champion, comes out, cleans up Frank's mess, takes the match against Chico, and then defeats Chico Suave. We had Trevor Outlaw in his return match for freelance, pinning Matt Nix, following a low blow and a curb stomp. Two out of three falls match, Kylie Ray defeats Alfonso Gonzalez. And this is something I've never seen before in a two out of three falls match. A double pin. Decides the first part of the match. So after one fall, it's actually tied 1-1. And then they go to the decisive fall where Kylie Ray rolls up Alfonso after he swung and missed a chair at Kylie. Then we had Project Monix with James Russo at his side, pinning Shaza McKenzie after a distraction from Russo on the outside. After the match, an enraged Craig Mitchell came out, challenges Monix to a future match. Monix and Russo retreat, but they're going to do it on their own terms. We'll see if that's a thing next month or not at Freelance. Freelance Legacy Championship, Brian Keith pins Effie in a really impressive match. Kind of a clash of styles. And Brian Keith just keeps rolling as Freelance Legacy Champion. And the main event was the Freelance Tag Team Titles. The Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, defeat Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver after a double 450. Next freelance show is November the 18th back at Logan Square Auditorium. All right, Saturday night, October the 22nd, Freelance Underground, same old situation, Cantini VFW in Joliet. I was there covering the show for Windy City Slam, getting ringside photos and exclusive content for the show and for the website. Let's start off with the results we have. Wrestling for a Cure Championship. We have the Wrestling for a Cure Tag Team Championship. The Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, defeating the impressive young team of Sky's the Limit of Xavier Sky and Sabin Gage. 
when Davy Bang pinned Xavier Sky following a 450 splash. Then we had the number one contenders five-man scramble match. Project Monix with James Russo defeats Acid Jazz, Mojo McQueen, Chico Suave, and Sabotage Sean Logan. And now Sean Logan was subbing for Ruffo, who was scratched from the card. And then Monix ends up pinning Jazz after Chico Suave hits Acid Jazz with a Chico Slam. But Chico kind of bounced off the side. Couldn't make, couldn't take advantage of the situation, but Project Monarch swooped in like the vulture, gets the three count and the number one contendership. And then the next match, we had freelance legacy champion Brian Keith making an appearance. He pins Wes Barkley following the Soul Fire Bomb. Freelance independent championship, Storm Grayson celebrates one year with the championship. He defeats. Alfonso Gonzalez after countering a Boston Crab attempt and getting a roll-up for the pin. And Windy City Slam had a chance to catch up with Storm Grayson following Saturday Night Show, and he had some comments about his match with Alfonso Gonzalez, plus what went down at Freelance on Friday as well. Mike Pankow from WindyCitySlam.com and the Windy City Slam podcast here with the freelance underground independent champion, Storm Grayson. And congratulations on one year with that title. Yes. One since, year. Since the six-person match uh, over at Final Phase. It's been a hell of a year. Yeah. So tonight you fought off and defeated Alfonso Gonzalez, Team Alfonso. So... What was it like to face a young guy out of the academy, uh, working really hard, making his way up the card? Uh, I, I, I'm going to hate complimenting him as much as I do, uh, but I've done a lot of work with the Freelance Wrestling Academy students, and one of the guys from the beginning, <laughs> one of the guys from the beginning that I've seen all the potential in the world in is Alfonso Gonzalez, Gonzalez sorry. But uh, unfortunately for him, his biggest problem is his mouth. And I'm not going to lie, his mouth has gotten on my nerves a lot of times. And tonight it was definitely satisfying to shut him up. Um, He was a great great opponent. He was a great test. Uh, He almost had me multiple times in the match. But once again, his mouth got him in trouble. His attitude got him in trouble. And uh, I was able to take advantage of that and obtain this. And then also Freelance, which was uh, just the night before. And you had a hell of a night there as well. And then now you have a championship opportunity, perhaps. You're going to have to jump through some hoops to get there. You won the scramble match last night. That was a hell of a scramble. All-star cast in that match. And now you have to face an opponent of Robert Ego Anthony and Frank DeClaunch Tuesday at next month's Freelance show. So what's that going to be like for you? I, I made mention of this last night. Uh, as far as the match goes, I have no idea what to expect, but I know with Frank and Rob that I can expect something shady, uh, something I'm not expecting. Uh, so I just need to be ready, doing what I do when the time comes, when I find out who that opponent is. Um, but but, but I, told, I told Rob this, and I hope he listened to it. Um, things weren't personal the last time they wrestled. After what he did, what he Frank did, what Mick Foley did, yes, it's personal now. And as as long as he's doing this, until the day Robert Ego Anthony stops wrestling, championship or no championship, I will be a thorn in his side, and he is going to have to deal with me. And if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to make his life hell. 
and uh, ultimately I would like that to culminate in the Freelance Wrestling World Championship, but I, but I promise you, uh, Rob's never going to be done with me after what he did. Yes. It is personal, and it's going to continue to be personal, and uh, I'm going to make it my pal. Storm, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you. Storm Grayson, a busy champion, a busy wrestler, really rolling in freelance, lots on his plate the next few months. Successful title defense once again as he moves on past one year as freelance underground independent champion and perhaps back on the road to winning the freelance world championship. And then, in what was supposed to be the Battle of Joliet, but it wasn't, we'll explain in just a second, Gunner Brave pins former freelance underground champion GPA, and GPA was subbing for Egotistico Fantastico, who tweeted out earlier in the day that he was suffering from flute symptoms and he did not make the show. GPA, the last-minute replacement, and unfortunately for GPA, his bad luck in freelance underground continues. He lost the freelance underground championship about a year ago, and I don't know if he's even won a singles match since. And it's crazy. And Gunner Brave, meanwhile, here's a guy. He's also the Rocket Pro Outer Limits champion. He defeated Storm Grayson just a couple of weeks ago at Rocket Pro. And now he pins former underground champion GPA. So this is a guy that's on fire. And he's got another big match coming up in a couple of weeks at Rocket Pro's Harvest Havoc. Definitely a name you want to look out for. He's called the best in the Midwest. And there's a reason for that. He's pretty damn good. And then, my guys, the freelance underground tag team champions, Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez defeat the Philly Marino experience when Coda Hernandez pins Marino T following a tandem blockbuster. And then we had Billy Starks defeating Shaza McKenzie after a senton bomb. And in your main event, freelance underground championship, Heavyweight Hustle, Calvin Tankman, retains the title, pinning Joe Alonzo, following a Tankman driver. And Tankman celebrates his one-year anniversary as freelance underground champion. Following the match, Project Monix and James Russo confront Tankman in the ring. They set up the championship match back in Joliet on December 17th. Should be a good one. That was the match that made the headlines at final phase one year ago where Tankman outlasted Monix and we thought Monix's career was over. And then we had the ultimate swerve by Project Monix. And now this storyline could be coming to a culmination in December with the Tankman-Monix rematch. Gonna be good stuff. All right, heading on to this coming weekend. A lot of stuff going on. Thursday, October the 27th, Second Wrestling presents Deep Cut at Dirty Nellies in Palatine. Second Wrestling Championship, Billy Starks defends in a three-way against Chicago sweetheart, Missa Kate, and Shazza McKenzie. Should be outstanding. And then we have WWE alumni Charlie Haas against frontman Jossie. Blair Onyx versus Charlie Cruel in a trick-or-treat match. And Women's Wrestling Army's Maria Kanellis will be hosting a meet-and-greet and so much more. Friday night, October the 28th, Russell Pro presents Champions of Hope, Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago, Colt Cabana, Tommy Dreamer, Scotty Tuhati among the stars on this show. 
And then north of the border, up in Milwaukee, Friday night the 28th, Mondo Lucha is at the Turner Hall Ballroom. And then Saturday, October the 29th, MWA Pro Wrestling at the Arlington Ridge Center, featuring Supermax, Sean Hernandez. And then Saturday night, October the 29th, Rockford Damage, Inc., Damageversary at the Teamsters Hall in Rockford. We have the Damage Championship with Tom Latimer defending against Rhino. Camille faces Nikki Nix. Axel Rico faces Mason Perks. Kazile takes on Moondog Murray. And for the Tag Team Championships, BMI defend against IPA and so much more. Also Saturday night, October the 29th, we have League of Wrestlers save the center at the Paul Hall Community Center in Chicago on the south side. Premier Pro Wrestling presents PPW taping number 427 up in Woodstock. Across the border Saturday night, we have Racine Championship Wrestling's Halloween Homecoming in Racine. Sunday afternoon, Ileana Pro Wrestling at the VFW Post 311 with Dreambreaker Aaron Stone, among others. And then Sunday, October the 30th, PWX presents Nightmare at North Point Arena in Streeter. And also one more note, Windy City Ghostbusters and the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels, who's a big part of the Windy City Ghostbusters, they will be visiting La Rabita Children's Hospital this Thursday, October the 27th. Pretty amazing stuff. Putting smiles on kids' faces, that's pretty awesome. And my hat's off to my good buddy and my guy, Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels. All right, coming up next, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast, the Ace of Spades, Scott Spade. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. You can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back on Windy City Slam Podcast. So excited to have this guest on for the very first time. It's a long time coming. We welcome to the show. He's held multiple championships, including the POW Entertainment and the Southland Championship Wrestling Championship. He's the ace of spades, Scott Spade. Scott, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. Glad to have you on for the first time. Thank you. Multi-time champion, almost 20 years in the business. Was just recently the SCW champion as part of the whole Powell versus SCW war. I'm going to get into that a little bit in just a few minutes. 20, almost 20 years in the business. Now, what made you decide to break into this thing we call professional wrestling? Um, I've watched it on TVs ever since I was five or six years old. And my hero, the man, the reason why I'm here is none other than Hulk Hogan. 
<clears throat> I know he was a guy for a lot of people and he really, really made wrestling what it is today. And if, you know, if it wasn't for him, a lot of us would be here. He was my number one guy and he's pretty much the guy that made me want to do what I do now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, August 22nd uh, is my breaking date. So I just passed 18 years. So 18. Yeah, it's getting close to 20. Yeah, I kind of figured it was close to two decades looking at some of your stuff yeah. online and cage match and stuff like that. Yeah. Who were your trainers and where did you get your start all that time ago? Um, I used to go, I grew up in Lombard and I was going to a couple of local shows, uh, a company called PCW. They would run uh, Dream Nights in uh, Oakland, I believe it was. Yep. And I went to a couple of those because they had some big names in. And then I started talking to some of those guys, but they kind of gave me a uh, not a clear answer. So I don't know if I, you want to say the runaround kind of thing where it was just kind of pushing me off and pushing me off on training. So I happened to go to a show in Wakanda, Illinois, which is close to where I was working at the time. And I went to the first show, which was called CCW, then Classic Championship Wrestling, which is what POW was called before. That's the original name of the company. Mm-hmm. And that was in June, I believe, of 2004. And for like the very first match, I said, this is where I want to be. So I talked to Jimmy Blaze after the show, and uh, he told me there was a fantasy camp, uh, as he called it, coming up. And it was a Saturday-Sunday deal. You had a, a straight tuition fee, and then whatever the fee for the uh, fantasy camp was, that if you decide to keep going, you know, that comes off your your tuition fee and all that stuff. So it's kind of almost like a tryout to see if you can handle it. But uh, I actually gave him the full deposit and the full money coming to the fantasy camp. And he was like, well, wait a minute. Don't you want to try this first? I said, no, I'm going to do this. He's like, oh, we'll see after. I said, no, here it is. I'm going to do it. So I did um, two days of the fantasy camp, actually in one day, because I couldn't make it on Saturday. So I did like four hours of the fantasy camp all on Sunday. And I did all pretty much the basic moves that you learn when you regularly start training on that first tryout day. So I couldn't walk for three days, but. That's what I wanted to do, and I was ready for it. I assume that was Jimmy Blaze and then whoever else was running the camp at that point? Yeah, the two owners of the company, that actually the guys that broke away from PCW were uh, Jimmy Blaze and Dave Storm. Okay, They partnered up together and created uh, Classic Championship Wrestling. Dave came and went here and there, but Jimmy was always there. So Jimmy is my official uh, first trainer and break-in guy. So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. So. Now, what was Jimmy's response to the fact that you just went headlong into this thing doing four hours in one day and just like, you know, your confidence be like, okay, I'm doing this thing. What was his reaction to all that? He was pretty shocked. He, he didn't want to take the money, you know, and the, the full payment. He just wanted it because, you know, everybody's different, but it's like I was, I was ready before I even got there. You know, mentally, I've, even when I was a kid, I almost watched it as in a studying type of way. Versus, you know, just being a fan. So it's like I was ready before I was ready, if that makes any sense. Now, did you ever just roll around on the playground with your friends or anything like that to kind of, quote, practice before you actually got into the training? Not really too much. I wanted to do backyard stuff, you know, back when it became really popular because I I graduated high school in 99. So um, 41 now, showing my age. I feel like I'm 71. Um, I did a couple backyard things just with a couple of friends, but nothing, maybe twice. But other than that, no, just right into that, uh, that training day. 
he just kind of picked it up so quickly though for a guy that didn't really do it a whole lot coming into it yeah it really came natural to me like I said I was ready I was prepared and I even as a kid teenager and you know just out of high school I, I studied every movement of all these guys and the only thing I really needed to know how to do was to do things properly so it was a lot of tape study basically watching the show oh, yeah. and all that the library I have now is unbelievable um Nicholas Hedford, Nick H, the other manager that we've had for a long, long time. He's one of the earliest friends I have in the business. And both him and I try to actually build each other's library. If we find something we don't have, we burn it for the other guy and we kind of do it at the same time. We have thousands upon thousands of VHS tapes and DVDs that we keep stocking, you know, our libraries with. And I could watch it every day, all day long, because I love it that much. Yeah, that's how I grew up too, watching it a ton. I may, I may have had slowed down a little bit around 93, 94, but it picked it right back up pretty quickly after that. I yeah. mean, I, I've always been attached to it since like the mid 80s. So yeah, yep. it, it's something that consumes our lives. And you and Absolutely. Nick sound like you're right right there with the whole wrestling nerd them thing. Oh yeah, we've been very good friends too. And we share that passion for the the old school wrestling. And, and that's how I wrestle, as you've seen in the ring. I don't like anything new. I haven't watched wrestling on TV since 2002. And that's, I, th- I don't think it's any good after that. It's like when Vince bought WCW right after that, the mm-hmm. business died as far as the big stuff on TV. I like 60s, 70s, and 80s. And that's that's how my wrestling style is, too. That's when wrestling really meant something. And I, I don't know, I want to say I practice the old school form of doing everything honorably, respectfully, and protecting the secrets of the business mm-hmm. and that's how i live from the time i get out of my car to the time i get back in my car i'm scott spade and i never ever break character not that the character is that much different than me because it's just me turned up to 10 but other than that i have extremely protective of the business and uh and my character and what i've done and the matches I've seen you wrestle in person, old school psychology, yeah. you know, telling stories in the ring, no frills, no flips or anything like that. I really, really like that style. And I wish more guys would do that style. So do I. And that's I've uh, they've actually let's see about a year after I started training, uh, Dave and Jimmy actually made me an assistant trainer. Only after being in one year because they saw. I guess something in me that could actually teach guys that kind of style. And the whole thing for me is just going out there and doing it. And nobody does that anymore. Everybody has to go over their matches and plan every footstep, plan every single little thing. The lost art of working is just going out there and doing it. And the whole main thing is my number one goal out of every show does not necessarily be the best match, although that's what I want. But when those fans leave that night, they might say, oh, this guy was whatever, this guy was whatever, and oh, that was great, you know, just like on TV or whatever. But when Scott Spade came out and everything I saw that he did, that stuff was real. I want them to believe because I believe in what I do. To me, it's a sport. It's not entertainment. I don't, I don't care for that word. It's not a show. Mm-hmm. It's a sport and it should be respected that way and taken very seriously, which people don't do anymore. So you're one of those guys to maybe go a little inside baseball here uh, that calls them on the fly and, and goes, you know, with the flow of the match or whatever the crowd's doing stuff like that. You're reactive rather than planning. Absolutely. Because 
the best word that I tell the kids when I train them is feel. You wrestle on the feel. You feel the crowd. You feel the guy that you're in there with, guy or guys that you're in there with. And all these people try to remember 5,500 moves in a match and they get lost. And it's like, what do you do? You have to totally go nothing planned at all. And you're going to get everything natural. And like, and it's a really, it's a lost art. It really is. Now to go back to 18 years plus career, you've had some great relationships with guys like rough crossing and tiny over the years, any stories that you can share about those guys, one or the other, or both at the same time, that may be a little, little crazy, but not too crazy. Oh my God. (laughs) So many different things I could think of. Um, Yeah. My two best friends that instantly when I came into that training camp were rough crossing and Chris Cairo. We've all been in each other's weddings. We've all had kids, you know, together. Everybody's we've stuck with each other, you know, talk, you know, at least once a week with each other. And those are my two guys. The three of us have always been extremely close. And uh Tiny, I've only known him for maybe four or five years now, but we've okay. come pretty close. He's almost been like a real life bodyguard, you know, to me with certain things happened a couple of times and he stepped up and uh protected me outside of the ring too. But uh as far as crazy stories, um, Ruff and I used to travel all over the country, probably from, we started tagging in 2008. So 14 years we've been a team. He'll come and go and, you know, take breaks every now and then and do his thing. And we'll always get back together and do our team and stuff. But uh, yeah, we've gone everywhere together. Oh my God. Tennessee is probably our home away from home down there. And I love it too, because it's like you wrestle, but it's like, it's back in time. Memphis territory is one of my favorite territories ever. And that's where we really learned that I consider it. That's where we got our degrees in psychology is from wrestling in Tennessee in the Nashville area. We've done a little bit in East Tennessee. Um, but those are the guys that really taught us how to do everything out there, not talk, go off of the movements and the postures and the feel and all that kind of stuff. And, we used to wrestle three, four, five times a week, you know, do trips down there all over the South. And it was a really, really fun time. We've had, oh, I don't know if it's a crazy story or not, but uh, we've had people try to come over to guardrails oh. after us. <laughs> Never anybody got in the ring with us, but uh, we can really excite a crowd down there pretty good too. Evansville, Indiana was another a big place for us too, because that was one of the, the Coliseum was old, uh, the Tuesday uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was Memphis and then Louisville and then Evansville Coliseum was Wednesday. That was the old mm-hmm. Memphis loop. And we used to do a lot of shows in that old building. And it's kind of cool to be part of that history of that uh, famous territory. It was cool. Really cool. And uh, you mentioned Cairo. Uh, you and Chris Cairo had that match uh, a couple of summers ago for POW in Bridgeview. And that was the match where it was dusk out when you guys were wrestling. And I think maybe Chris may have slipped or something like that, got hurt during that match. It was a little bit of a tough atmosphere for you guys, but what's it like to kind of roll around with him and not that you guys know each other for so long. It's great. He's, he's one of my absolute favorite opponents and uh, same thing with rough too. I've been on, you know, a team with him for so long and I've wrestled against him a lot. Um, Cairo and I have only teamed up a couple of times here and there, but he's been always one of my toughest Toughest guys. He's he's a smaller guy, but he's really, really scrappy. He's really tough. So I've had some of my most favorite matches I've had was with him for sure. 
And Ruff's a little bit of a bigger guy. He's like 6'3", 6'4"-ish, right? Yeah, and it, it, it kind of fits us. We have the perfect combination of a team, almost like a, a Bret Hart and an Anvil, where it's not like we're opposites, but at the same time, it's like half of us is different, but half of us is the same. If you can find that partner, that perfect partner where you can read each other's minds, you know, without saying a word to each other, that it's a perfect team. Yeah, you were the technical guy and uh, Ruff was more like the big bruiser. Yep. Yeah, I'm six foot even. He's six foot four. We, we're pretty close to the same weight. And we, we both thought exactly the same, you know, on everything. So it's that, that's, you know, I could probably say, honestly, that of all the things I've done, either tags or singles, I'm more proud of everything I've probably done in tag team with him than I have anything else because I love tag team wrestling. So, yeah, you seem like one of those guys that are throwbacks. I know you, you say you don't watch a whole lot of wrestling now, but FTR, AKA the revival, that's a team that reminds me so much of a guy like you because mm-hmm. they're throwback guys. They're just they're no flips, no frills. They just mean business. And they, the art of tag team wrestling with them is just so terrific. And that's what you remind me of with your style. Yes, I love tag team more than singles because there's 10 times more psychology in a tag team match than there is a singles match. So it, it is definitely a harder match to do, but I get more enjoyment out of doing a tag match for sure than a singles match. Yeah, 80s and early 90s tag team wrestling was just the best. I mean, you had yep. all these great teams, you had all these different types of teams. You had some guys that were like, you know, maybe a little bit different than the other, but then you had guys that are like totally in sync with each other. It was really kind of a cool mix of that during that time. Yeah, the, the ultimate territory for tag teams too was uh, Mid-Atlantic in the 70s and 80s. And that, that was the best place for, because that, you know, NWA was known for being a wrestling uh company in all their territories that they had and they i mean gene and ollie anderson and then gene and arn anderson and the rock and rolls and the night uh midnight express mm-hmm. and uh, all those guys were just unbelievable how good those guys were just crazy good and actually one of the highlights that uh speaking of rock and rolls in that uh evansville coliseum ruff and i got to wrestle them in the coliseum at the main event of the show in 2010 i think it was oh wow so it, it was it was a super cool moment and they hit me with a double drop kick, so it was an honor to to take that from them. So it, it was a really cool thing. That's pretty awesome when you kind of face off against your heroes. Oh, absolutely! My favorite tag team of all time, Demolition. Love Demolition. They should mm-hmm. be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, without yeah. question. Yeah, and those guys had great careers even before Demolition. But when they got together as Demolition, I mean, they were really good. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, they're Road Warrior ripoffs." Blah, yeah, blah, absolutely blah. not. They no. were too different. Yeah, I agree. We're too different. I agree. Plus, yeah. they could wrestle. The Road Warriors yes. could just brawl. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I like the Road Warriors, too. But, yeah, Demolition's always been my favorite, for sure. Yeah. I've met those, de- both of those guys, too, and they are the nicest guys in the world. They'd be I've able to sit down guys. and talk with these guys. That's what I want to hear the stories. I want to hear the road stories. I want to hear the wrestling stories. I just want to hear their experiences. And to me, sitting down talking with these guys, I mean, there's nothing more I would rather like to do than just to sit with these guys and just yes. learn, you know, keep your mouth. I always tell the young guys, keep your mouth shut and your eyes and ears open and just listen. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a personal experience myself over the last couple of weeks. I got to meet Fred Ottman, AKA tugboat. Oh yeah. Boone. Okay. Great guy. Uh, just after the show, I'm just sitting there with some other guys and he's just shooting this, shooting the stuff. Um, just, you know, 
master class at telling stories of being mm-hmm. on the road, some of his worst injuries, all that cool stuff. You know, how the Macho Man was, how this guy was. It was really cool just to sit there and have have him hold court for everybody. Really oh, cool absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the Coliseum, too, we got on that show. Uh, we get to be really good friends with Jamie Dundee. You remember him from PG-13? Yes. JCS. Yeah, and every time we'd go down there, we'd stay at his house, so we got to be close with his dad, Bill Dundee, and then mm-hmm. he'd have pretty much everybody uh, on the same show as Brian Christopher, um, Wolfie D, Bobby Eaton, Dutch Mantel, Tracy Smothers, uh, Bushwhacker Luke, Rock and Rolls. I mean, we got to be friends, you know, legitimate friends with these guys. And it's Half of the guys are gone. It's crazy. Yeah. It really is crazy. Brian Christopher and Tracy and yeah. Bobby Eaton, I mean, they're all gone. Already. It's, it's crazy. And Tracy was a hell of a guy. And Bobby, you couldn't find anybody nicer than Bobby just super nice guys. I remember walking by and Dutch and uh, Ricky and Robert were sitting there in the middle of the room. They were just talking or whatever. And Ricky hits my arm as I'm walking by. He's like, hey, kid, you want to come and hear some of these stories? I'm like, I couldn't grab a chair fast enough and sit down with them. It's like they brought Ruff and I in and treated us as one of their own. And to me, that is like so cool that they would do that to actually bring you like on their level and treat you like one of those guys. And it seemed like they didn't bother with any other, other young guys there. They just kind of attached to us because I think we showed them the respect, you know, and the interest and like that. So they gave it to us and it was, it was really, really cool. And now let's move on to power entertainment presents Russell rage 20 Saturday night, November the 5th Brower house live West suburban Lombard, actually not far from where you grew up. Yep. This is going to be an exciting show. Best show of the year for POW and 20 years of POW Entertainment's Russell Rage. And you will be involved in the match of the night. Five on five traditional Survivor Series elimination style rules, I assume, right? Yes. Okay. And yeah, you get pinned any kind of decision you're eliminated. Yes. Yep. And it's Team POW with Revolution, Jimmy Blaze and Eric Freedom, Mason Parks, Lost Soul Chris Cairo, who we just talked about for quite a while, and yourself, Scott Spade, with tiny and mistress misery out there as well and you're facing team scw elite pain sean mulligan terry allen aaron xavier and the special enforcer is going to be austin roberts so what do you expect out of this whole powell versus scw thing it's been a year since scw invaded powell i believe it was last year's russell rage correct uh they came in the show before that in october we had a show at t woods And they came through the front door with chairs and they attacked Tiny and I. Then they did it one more time with probably 30 guys at WrestleRage the next month. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they claim that I was the reason this whole thing was started. When I was wrestling in SCW and I had my war with Ivan Manson Mm -hmm. and I put him out and he had to be taken away on a gurney and put in the hospital. Then an ambulance came to the show and took him away. They consider that the very first spark and how this whole thing started. So their retaliation night was October. So yeah, this has been going on for almost a year and a half, but they haven't, you know, the first attack was October, but still it's been, yeah, it's been over a year. It's going to be crazy. This is a whole year's worth of hatred and anger and just trying to prove which company is the best. And it's, it's going to be insane. Everybody's going to be beating everybody up and it's, just like they used to say, who's going to survive? 
an invasion angle done at its very best, really, on the local independent scene. It was you guys and SCW, guys jumping each other on different shows, outsiders coming in, attacking people, stuff like that. And in this five-on-five match, I mean, how's it going to break down for you guys? You see SCW on the other side. Do you think this is the one battle that's finally going to settle the score? I don't know if it's going to – I think it all depends on how it ends will dictate if it ends because we've been trying with each other back and forth for a year, you know, trying to one up another and is one match, even though it's five on five is one match really going to settle this thing. That's the question. Mm -hmm. Or are all of us going to have to be, you know, injured and taken to the hospital before it finally comes to an end. Yeah. And this show also features a card-carrying member of SCW holding your Power Entertainment Championship, and that is Max Holiday. And he's taking on a guy that you just got a lot of respect for now, and that little best of three that you had with Mateo, and now he's going to be the number one contender, Mateo Valentine, taking on Max Holiday. And I remember back in February in Bridgeview where you guys had the hell of a match, and you, you escaped beating him, and then you got a lot of respect from Mattel after Mattel helped you out with attack from Marco Anthony. So yeah. what's your take on Mateo and then as well as Max Holiday being the champion in POW? Yeah, Mateo's a great kid. Um, I've kind of taken him under my wing a little bit. Um, he's definitely got a lot of potential in what he does. I love – he's the same way like me. His, his character is him turned up, and I think it's natural – ability that he has and he just shows it out there and he's really really good at what he does and i would love to see him go you know to the moon if he possibly can you know yeah he showed that respect to me in the alliance of pow uh and i told in the three really good matches that he gave me um i told him he's welcome you know in our locker room anytime and he's definitely part of pow for sure so he's got my stamp of approval on that one if anytime he needs me he can call me i'll be there and as far as Max Holiday goes, I don't even know if he can talk anymore because uh, the last time we wrestled each other in Fox Lake, uh, busted his mouth wide open and shoved the tooth up in his head that had to have uh, surgically taken out. So I haven't seen him since. So I don't know if he's running or hiding or whatever, but yeah, they definitely, with the help of Hunter Payne and Marco, you know, stole the POW title, something that means more to me as a belt than any other belt that there is and at that time i had three at one time i was the pow champion i was scw champion and i had half of the scw tag team titles too mm-hmm. so they yeah. thought they won all three because anytime i have a belt any promotion i wrestle i bring it with me and i defend it just like the old nwa world heavyweight champions would anywhere you go it's always on the line and i same thing i want to bring that old school mm-hmm. um psychology and the prestige and the honor of that back so if i have a belt and i go anywhere else i'm always bringing it with me and it's always on the line now this is going to be a loaded show over at wrestle rage and i'm just going to start a couple of the other matches as well you yep. have the pow midwest championship and jph defending against that crazy kazile and then we also have a tag team match with four guys that have pretty close to 75, 80 years of experience in this business. And that's hardcore impact of Pauly Tomaselli and hardcore Craig against the brothers of construction, Ruffo, who we may also know as Rough Crossing, and Yabo the Clown. 
Yeah, that's both of those are going to be. I mean, this whole card is really, really stacked. But I think both of those that you just mentioned too are going to be really, really good matches. Um, JPH has proven himself that he's part of this company now, and he seems like he's seen the light of his, you know, SCW days, and he's he's joined the good side. And then Kazile uh, is one of the best up and coming guys that we have for sure. I can definitely see him going places too. And then the other tag match, the the brothers of Funstruction and Hardcore Impact. Those guys have been around long time, as long as me. Craig's been around for thirty years, thirty one years. So I've had some battles with that guy, man. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that's one of the toughest guys I have ever been in the ring with. I have massive respect for him. And then you also have BMI against Trog and Moondog Murray. And then you also have a street fight. With the loser leaving Pow Entertainment, Joey the Pitbull Chichi against Tyler Sullivan. I love street fights. That's one of my favorite matches ever. The good old fashioned Chicago street fight. Uh, something that uh, I'm known to have a lot of matches, and I think that's going to be just a crazy, crazy match too. I think Joey's got some gas left in the tank, so you never know what he's going to pull out that night because he's going to have to, especially against Tyler for sure. Mm-hmm. And Tyler's a former power entertainment champion as well. Yes, he is. I have the record over him by one day, by the way. Oh, wow. For the Glad. longest champion. <laughs> Glad to know somebody's keeping track. It's, oh, yeah. I'm Like you mentioned <laughs> baseball before, I'm, I love baseball. That's my second favorite sport besides wrestling. So I, I like stats and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. everything I've ever done, I've written down all my matches, all that stuff. And I have my own uh, file of all the matches, where they were, the dates and who I wrestled, all that kind of stuff. So oh, I'm a stat wow. guy for sure. It's probably even more thorough than the thing I was looking at a cage match yesterday, trying to do some research for the interview. Yes, I've heard about that. I did look up on it and they're missing probably half of it. I'm sure they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also as part of Russell Rage 20, you have a really cool event called the Zebra Kid Memorial Battle Royal. And I know just within the last couple of years, we lost Zebra Kid, yeah. big long battle with cancer. And he's a guy that I actually got to see way back, I believe in 1992, for Windy okay. City Wrestling at the Amphitheater. Yep. I just recently got some videotapes from Nick Hedford with him on it from uh, Terry Scholl's PWI. That was the original incarnation of PWI. And I think that was in the late 80s, maybe 88 or so he was on there. And then that, I think Terry Scholl gave that to Sonny Rogers. And then Sonny Rogers ran with it. That's where Jimmy Blaze and that all those guys ended up going. Um, but yeah, he was a, I got to meet him. I knew him for a couple of years and he was a really, really nice guy. He had some really good stories too. I think, I don't know if he's from Missouri or if he's from here. And then he moved later to Missouri and wrestled mm-hmm. there in the late seventies, I think early eighties, but he told me a, uh, a crazy Harley race story. He got to wrestle Harley race in Missouri down there. And of course, in my opinion, Harley's the greatest world champion that's ever lived. And I, I couldn't imagine. I got to meet him too. He's an awesome guy. And I couldn't imagine being able to wrestle that guy. That would be a dream match for me. Yeah, he was a good man. And I believe he did have a long um, affiliation with both the Chicago area and in Missouri. So you're correct on that. Yes, he did. Yeah, he was a very, very nice man. Uh, enjoyed his time, you know, coming back around all the boys in the back. And uh, I think he he ended up how he wanted it. I think I heard him say he recorded a bunch of videos too before he passed to kind of tell his story too, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, but yeah, he, he was, you could tell he was in really good spirits hanging around all of us. And he, he really enjoyed his, his, uh, his last days for sure. 
And then there's also Hall of Fame inductees that night. Uh, Justin James and Russ Boggs will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy double uh, thing for me, too, because Justin James was my very first match. And Russ Boggs has been one of my best friends from day one. Also, he is by far the best security man that has ever been in the Chicago scene, for sure. He And that's a big deal that people don't understand that they do a lot of hard work protecting us from the crowd and also protecting the crowd from us or protecting the crowd from the crowd. Because there's sometimes there fights happen in the crowd with each other. Sometimes people get a little crazy with us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always got to be that line there. He's always been there every single show, no matter what. And he's always got our back. And he's a really, really good guy. And here's a little bomb for you. I will be the one that's inducting him into the Hall of Fame. Nice. Very cool. And uh, I neglected to mention one of the matches on the card here as I'm going through my notes now. My, my, my eyes were just jumping all over the place. We have the Pow Entertainment Tag Team Championships. Bad Ombre Cartel defends against IPA. And Bad Ombre Cartel recently added over the last few months Sandra D in their corner. So uh, they've mm-hmm. been as imposing as ever. But IPA is always tough. And you never know how drunk they are. And that could <laughs> turn the tables as well. Yes, that is true. They're they're absolutely tough. Got Meat Hooks, too, is one of the toughest guys, strongest guys I've ever been in the ring with. I wrestled against both of those guys a lot. And I've known Ruthless and Javier for a long, long time also. And it, that's going to be a really, really good hard-hitting match. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if people get hurt in that one. Yeah, if you want to see tag team wrestling and you don't already have a ticket to Russell Rage 20, hopefully you can get this pay-per-view because there's a lot of great tag teams on this show. Three two-on-two tag team matches and then the traditional five-on-five elimination match as well. A couple of other great titles with Mateo Valentine challenging Max Holiday for the Power Entertainment Heavyweight Championship. And this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Once again, Saturday night, November the 5th, Power Entertainment's Russell Rage 20, our house live in Lombard. And if you don't already have a ticket, it's available on pay-per-view. Check out Pow Entertainment's Facebook page for more details on that. Yeah, I can't wait. It's two weeks away, three weeks away. And I yeah, I can't wait. I wish it was here tomorrow. You know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight for you know everything I've got to represent Pow. And as long as Jimmy and I have known each other, you know, we haven't always seen eye to eye. We battled each other for 18 years, you know, on opposite sides of the ring. But sometimes you, much as you like it or not, you have to put your differences aside, you know, to work for a better, better goal. And it's kind of the right thing to do, you know, because this has always been my home. It's where I started and it's, it will always be my home. So like I said, put your differences aside for the greater cause. and That's how we got where we're at. Yeah, POW is definitely the promotion you're most synonymous with. Absolutely. I was there when it originally started, and I'll be here forever. POW through and through. Yes, indeed. Yep, absolutely. All right, Scott, before we let you go now, uh, go ahead and plug your social media and whatever merchandise you might have available and upcoming shows. Um, I have, you can come to any show. I have a whole booklet of pictures with myself. Noise, booze, and tattoos with Tiny, who our team name now, when we're together, is called Rotten to the Core. That's Tiny and I together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Mistress Misery. Um, she has Mistress Misery page on Facebook. I have 
the Ace Scott Spade on Facebook. I just created a Instagram, Ace Scott Spade. I just put a ton of pictures up mm-hmm. um, every couple weeks or so. And then um, there's a Scott Spade shirt, a noise booze and tattoo shirt, and rotten to the core shirts. So you can find all those at the shows on the merch table, or you can even message me for that. And then after Wrestle Rage, we have T Woods the next week after that. And then December, we have Rage Reaction in Fox Lake. So yeah, it's the so last two shows for this year for power. So you're going to be busy uh, until the early part of December. Oh yeah. I just, this is my, this weekend coming up is my first weekend off in 12 weeks. Oh wow. So it's like, I don't like it, but I need a week off, but it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I got to <laughs> find something to do to, to stay loose and, you know, not stiffen up and hurt and all that stuff. But as I said, I'm 41, but I feel like I'm 71, you know, it definitely adds the mileage on your body. Mm-hmm. for doing it for all these years all right scott it's been a pleasure having you on really fun interview and uh hopefully down the line we'll have you on again absolutely thank you anytime like great conversation with 18 year veteran scott spade a lot of fun topics we talked about very excited about Wrestle Rage 20 coming up in a little over a week's time at the Brower House Live in Lombard. Next week, we'll recap even more local wrestling news. We're going to talk more Wrestle Rage 20 and POW Entertainment, plus Rocket Pro's Harvest Havoc and WWE Crown Jewel. Plus, we welcome for the very first time the general manager of Rocket Pro Wrestling, Mr. Damian Saint. And we're going to talk all things Harvest Havoc and so much more right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. <laughs>